Welcome to Insurance Made Simple. This is episode number 12. And I want to do a recap briefly on the last episode that we had. And that episode was titled A Scary Time in the Auto Insurance Industry. And I think that I want to revisit this because we were on the cutting edge of what was about to happen. This podcast told you things that were happening and sounded the alarm prior to the legacy media really getting into this and understanding what's going on. And I want to share with you some headlines since the last podcast. And uh, I'll do that now. Uh, The first one is from Crane's uh, Chicago Business. And it came out on August the 1st, 2022. And it's titled, State Farm Hits Illinois Auto Customers with Price Hike Again. This one, for 8.4%, may be the insured's largest one-time auto insurance increase ever in the state of Illinois. So that is a, a brand new piece talking about, you know, potentially the largest increase for State Farm ever for auto insurance in the state of Illinois. Another headline from Crane's Chicago business. And guys, I will say the reason that we'll see and we talk about a lot of Crane's Chicago um, business articles in the insurance industry is two of um, the largest personal lines insurance companies in the country, all state and state farm, are both headquartered in the state of Illinois. So uh, Crane Chicago Business covers these massive companies very well, in fact, and they do a great job uh, at kind of holding their feet to the fire, I think. So that's, if you wonder why I'm always, you know, as a Michigander uh, reading Crane's Chicago business. It's because they cover these two insurance giants very well. Um, But another Crane's Chicago business article headline, you're about to pay almost 30% more for Allstate car insurance than you did a year ago. Almost 30% more than you did a year ago. I mean, it's a substantial increase. So that's just another one of the headlines um, that we've seen uh, with auto insurance rates uh, on the rise. Another one from Crane Chicago Business, all states still losing money on car insurance even after hefty rate hikes. And this piece analyzes in an unusual move, I would say, as far as my time, you know, analyzing uh, insurance companies, um, in an unusual move, Allstate, 13 days before um, they release their uh, quarterly financial results, 13 days before their scheduled release, they released some loss ratio information that basically forecasted that when they do release those numbers in the next few days, those financial results, uh, they're not going to be pretty. So it's interesting, you know, they're still losing money even after the rate hikes they put in last time. So that's the first part about what I want to talk about um, on this episode. And then the second uh, thing I want to talk about is a little bit of kind of why we always talk about, right, uh, every insurance policy is not created equal. That was one of the first episodes of this podcast. Um, But a particular strategy that insurance carriers have been doing, and many of them, and they've gotten into some trouble over this, um, and that is labor depreciation. So we're going to talk about labor depreciation um, 
as the second part. If we have time, we'll get into the third part, which is kind of some ethical considerations um, in insurance carriers and some stories about what's potentially gone wrong um, and what's happened and maybe some history that talks about that. And I think that ties into the second part of what I want to talk about with the depreciation. Um, and so that's going to tie together nicely. And we'll do that if we have enough time. If not, we'll do uh, the entire next episode will be about um, kind of, you know, ethical transgressions of insurance carriers, we'll call it. And uh, maybe we'll get to it this episode, maybe not. Um, but if not, Make sure you listen to the next episode because it's going to be really good. So let's talk about the first part of this is these rate hikes. What the heck is going on, right? I told you guys the last podcast, the rates are going up and it's nothing specific to you, nothing specific to your family, but it is big time. It's happening. It is, there's no way to avoid it. Um, so let's take a look and kind of deep dive into this. So State Farm again today announced an 8.4% one-time auto insurance uh, increase in Illinois. It may be the biggest one ever uh, for them. That's huge, okay? That's huge. And why is this happening? And um, remember, this isn't the first increase they've taken this year. So um, they've got three increases in Illinois this year, and they total more than 16%. Um, so that's a big increase. So Here's State Farm's statement on the matter. We are continuously monitoring and adjusting to trends that make sure we're accurately matching price to risk. As more people are on the roads, we're seeing an increase in claims. Auto claim costs are being compounded by record inflation and supply chain disruptions. All of this has increased the cost of labor and materials, which translates to higher auto repair costs. Our approach is to make incremental adjustments based on driving behaviors to help minimize the impact to consumers as much as possible. So that is State Farm's statement on this. Now, you know, I mean, that sounds reasonable and balanced and, and not particularly complex, right? But here's the other side of what they said, and I find this very interesting. So, Illinois, insurance regulators in Illinois do not have as much power or authority um, as some of the other insurance regulators in different states, okay? And in Illinois, um, the insurance department just doesn't they can't ask for a lot of information um, when an insurance company files an auto insurance rate. Now, why might that be? Hmm, I just talked a few minutes ago about two really big insurance companies being headquartered in Illinois. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Um, so my, you know, I think that um, the skeptic in me would say that if you got these two giant insurance companies, they're probably making a lot of contributions to a lot of politicians and a lot of politicians may listen to them because, you know, their lobbyists are at the right event and, you know, finding the ear of the politician to tell their story to. So the laws in Illinois are not particularly strong against insurance companies. So why do I say that? Well, State Farm, when they filed this rate increase, the uh, Illinois Department of Insurance um wanted some other information and they pushed back a little and they sent a letter to State Farm and they, they said, you know, they want to see them justify the latest increase with detailed data. 
And State Farm, I mean, just totally, like, this wasn't subtle. Um, I mean, this was in your face to the Department of Insurance, to its regulator, uh, sends back, in the spirit of cooperation, State Farm is willingly providing the requested information outside of the department's review under more specific investigatory authority granted in the Illinois Insurance Code, but does not waive any future right to maintain or argue that the department has limited authority. Two, number one, require confidential trade secret or privileged information, or two, require insurers to create information or documents not already available to be filed with a rate filing. So they basically said, yeah, we're going to answer your questions, but remember, you have limited authority here. You can't require us to produce any confidential trade secret or privileged information, and you can't require us to create documents that aren't already available to be filed with the rate filing. So they just totally are like in your face, the Department of Insurance saying, you don't have the authority. So there are some legislators in Illinois who are looking to change uh, the law here. And I think, you know, perhaps that might be a good thing because, uh, you know, maybe we need to see. Um, and maybe, like I said on a prior episode, maybe it's not so much about the rate increases now because, you know, we can see that and we can see inflation happening all over and we can see that everything costs more today than it did, you know, a month ago or two months ago or six months ago or, oh my God, a couple years ago. But maybe let's go back a couple years and see how those profits you collected during the pandemic, you know, were those excessive? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But maybe we need uh, to have a little more transparency here in the rate making process. So again, right, it's not just limited to State Farm, all state, 30% more in Illinois for car insurance than a year ago. My God, I mean, this is crazy. Um, and they're losing money. They're losing money. Their quarter two results are going to show some pretty bad financial results if what we're seeing in the combined ratio uh, information that they sent out is any forecast of, of what's to come. So rate hikes are coming. It's not just Allstate. It's not just State Farm. Ladies and gentlemen, it is going to happen. I don't care what insurance company you're insured with. The rates will be going up at your next renewal because what's happening here is systemic it's in the industry. It's not company specific. It's not driver specific. Things cost more. And when auto loss costs cost more, auto insurance is also going to cost more. So it's just something to be aware of. It, um, I think it's, you really have to know what's coming up. So, you know, budget yourselves accordingly. Um, this is nothing that I'm happy to say. Um, in fact, I would say that, you know, every insurance agent in the country is about to have some of the toughest conversations with um, their clients. And there are things we can do. And we talked about that in the last episode. And I don't want to belabor the point, but call your insurance agent. Work with an insurance agent you trust who's reputable, who you can get on the phone when you have an issue, not somebody in a call center if you can't get a hold of them. So that is just what's going to happen. And you need to react the best way you can to it. Um, so that's part one of this. I wanted to just recap that because it's important and it's going to keep, we're going to see more and more and more data coming out about it. The second part that I want to talk about, I think is even more important than the first part of this episode. This part is about a tactic that insurance carriers have used, many of them, that was very likely illegal in most or many states, and they're now starting to settle various class action lawsuits over this topic. And this relates to labor depreciation. 
So before we get into this, we need to understand what's depreciation. And I'm going to make this really, really easy and really, really simple. So you buy a new car and that car, over time, the value goes down, right? And if you total your car, um, the insurance company is going to pay for what is the value of that car today. They're not going to pay what's called a replacement cost for that car. So if it, you know, you're driving a, 19, a 2019, you know, Ford Fusion, let's say, and you um, you total that today, they're going to pay out what the value of that car is today. That's not the replacement cost because if you had to get a brand new, you know, 2000, you know, 19 Ford Fusion, it's not necessarily going to be the same as that. Or if you, you know, you certainly couldn't get a 2022 uh, Ford Fusion for that amount. Um, so there's depreciation that's taken into account when you pay out the actual cash value of what the car is worth today. Homeowner's insurance is different, right? Um, you know, if you, you know, have a hurricane and it takes out, you know, your house and uh, most people have what's called a replacement cost policy. So they're going to get a new house built, right? Because it's impractical. We can't build you a house that's, let's say, 20 years old if your 20-year-old house burns down today, um, right? You have to build a new house. You can't build you know, a house that's 19 years old, right? You can't take all the parts off another 19-year-old house and move them here. It's just impractical. So you have a replacement cost policy. Now, certain provisions in the policy may convert that policy to an actual cash value policy if certain things happen or if you don't replace the home. So I don't want to get too far deep in the weeds here, but what many insurance companies were doing on certain homeowners policies where they were able to charge for depreciation was they were also not only charging for the depreciation of the materials, they were also charging for depreciation of labor. And labor has generally, in many states' insurance codes, has not been permissible to depreciate. So, a couple interesting things here. Auto owners uh, insurance, which is um, a Michigan-based uh, insurance carrier, is paying $8.9 million to settle a labor depreciation suit. And this is 2022 information, so this is a few weeks ago here. And um, this is from the PNC Specialist um, publication, which covers the property and casualty insurance space very closely. Uh, and they say a federal judge has signed off on the payout marking the second settlement in three months of an Ohio class action alleging depreciation of labor costs in estimating homeowners' claims. So this isn't a one-off situation, right? This has been um, three uh, in the past short while here. Uh, I'm sorry, the second settlement in three months. So it's the second settlement in three months um, over the same issue. So there's been another insurance company uh, that also had this happen, and this is Erie Insurance uh, settled a uh, depreciation class action lawsuit with homeowners, and um, it says here the carrier will pay all of the labor costs previously depreciated plus simple interest at the rate of 5% annually, and insurance—I'm uh, sorry, attorney's fees are capped at $1.155 million. So there's some estimations that this may be three to four times uh, total value of that $1.15 million that the uh, attorneys got. So this could be, you know, a three or four million dollar settlement. Erie's a relatively small uh, insurer. Um, so, 
you know, we see another one here, and this is from June of 2022. Liberty Mutual Affiliate settles property depreciation class action suit for $5 million. And this is Lawyers for State Auto, a Liberty Mutual Affiliate, have agreed to settle a lawsuit about allegedly low-balling uh, claims payouts involving plaintiffs in five states. So here's another property depreciation suit. And, um, you know, I mean, this seems to be a trend here. Um, this seems to be happening, um, you know, quite frequently. And in late 2021, September 2021, we have another article that says, Illinois Supreme Court rules against State Farm in property depreciation suit. Uh, the Illinois Supreme Court has ruled against State Farm in a lawsuit accusing it of lowballing payout to homeowners. And it was a 6-0 decision um, from the state's high court. So let's just read a little bit about this, okay? This suit was brought by State Farm policyholder uh, Jarrett Sproul, uh, and his um, his home suffered wind damage in December 2015 that totaled around $1,700. He received a payment from State Farm representing the cash value of just over $317, which factored in a $1,000 deductible and also subtracted $394 for taxes and depreciation. So he then sued because State Farm never defined the term actual cash value in his policy, which made what it actually represented a matter of interpretation. It also didn't disclose that it uses adjustment software to depreciate labor. So um, this person, rightfully so, um, won the lawsuit and the Illinois Supreme Court upheld that. So remember, Every insurance policy isn't created equal, and some things aren't even in the contract. Um, so State Farm here did not um, say, you know, in their policy that we're going to depreciate for labor, but they did it anyways. And they said, you know, that's just simply our policy. Um, and then they were sued, and guess what? They lost. Um, so remember you want to be dealing with reputable companies. And I'm not saying State Farm's not a reputable company. Certainly they are. But you want to deal with a company that is going to spell out their obligations to you in the policy contract and is going to live up to those. And, and State Farm shouldn't, frankly, I'll just be honest here, State Farm shouldn't need the Illinois Supreme Court to say that they should do the right thing here. If they want to put that they're going to depreciate labor, they should just simply spell it out in the contract. This isn't a negotiated contract. This is a contract that State Farm unilaterally wrote. I mean, it is their policy. You don't have, you can't go with State Farm and say, oh, I want to take this line out of the policy contract. They'll say, what are you, crazy? Um, but if they're writing the contract, they should be writing it carefully enough to do what they say they're going to do. And this gets into the third part that I want to spend a little bit of time on. And I'm just going to be candid. It's a transgression of ethics with some insurance carriers. And I'm not saying that any of the ones that I'm going to mention here are the worst insurers in the world. But I think that as a society, we've become pretty quick to forget, right? Um, somebody puts the next shiny object in front of us and we forget about what happens five minutes ago. And I would say that there are certain things that certain people shouldn't forget about certain companies and the way they conducted themselves. And 
I'm just going to flat out say it. There's some companies that have done some things that we shouldn't allow for a couple billion dollars a year in advertising to be spent to warp our brains to make us forget it. And when we talk about these depreciation suits a second ago, these are small potatoes in comparison to some things that have happened in the industry. And I would say the first one I'm going to bring up, and I'm just going to go right to it, is a book called From Good Hands to Boxing Gloves, The Dark Side of Insurance. And uh, this is a book by an attorney who litigated against Allstate Insurance Company. And I'll read you the backside here, the summary of the book. And it says, it's the story the insurance industry doesn't want you to know. Now, for the first time, the story in the legal book From Good Hands to Boxing Gloves is available to the public. Find out for yourself why insurance companies are improperly denying claims, delaying them, and defending them at trial. This book takes you from the ideas which masterminded Enron through their impact on the insurance industry and the resulting claim denials in everything from minor auto accidents to Hurricane Katrina claims. This is a trial lawyer who diligently worked to become the first to obtain the McKinsey documents unprotected. He discusses how these documents teach insurers to profit by denying or delaying claims payments. Discover how Allstate changed from having their policyholders good hands to treating them with boxing gloves. Learn how Allstate has earned the highest profits in the insurance company history during years without the country's largest natural disasters. Um, so it's a very interesting book. I, I read it a number of years ago, but I think that, you know, we should talk about these McKinsey documents for a minute. What are they? And this is like internal proprietary, or all states said they were proprietary documents that um, a consultant, McKinsey, uh, prepared for Allstate. And, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, normal insurance companies, large corporations, they hire consultants all the time. But, you know, this company was to show them, you know, and show them in these documents simply how to increase these profits. And Allstate, during various, various lawsuits, refused to turn over these documents. And um, it was all kind of brought to a head in one particular case um, where they were fined, you know, thousands of dollars a day for not turning them over, and they never turned them over. And then the case eventually concluded, and they still hadn't turned them over um, at the conclusion of the case. The documents were eventually made public because the uh, Florida insurance commissioner suspended all states' ability to write new business in Florida, and they said, you know, turn over the documents, or you're not going to write policies here anymore. And um, when these documents came out, they came out there were slides of a slide presentation, like a PowerPoint, and it showed that, you know, you should do things like sit and wait. It just, McKinsey told Allstate that it could wear down customers by delaying settlements and stalling court proceedings. Just wait, sit and wait. Hmm. Does that sound like an insurance company you want to be dealing with? I don't know, not me. But it also talked about, you know, this being a zero-sum economic claim economic game, rather. It's a zero-sum game, right? So it's either you're going to pay out the money or you're going to keep the money, and that's it. And uh, it taught him, it, McKinsey really, and I mean honestly, come on, they put this on a slide, good hands or boxing gloves. They suggested that Allstate politely make a low offer on a claim. 
And if the policyholder protests or hires a lawyer, the insurer should fight back. Literally, fight back with boxing gloves, with a photo of boxing gloves on the slide. I mean, this is what they're doing. This is what they said. And all state did, you know, they apologized and, you know, this wasn't right. And, you know, they said this and that and, and this happened long ago. Um, but what I would say is that we need to be looking at, you need to be looking at insurance companies are taking your money. You have to legally buy the product. They need to, and they're statutorily required to operate in good faith. And we need to hold their feet to the fire. And that's an old story about some rather interesting, you know, allegations against Allstate. Um, but there's a, a new one today, and, and that is, you know, State Farm in a $10 million settlement of a uh, fatal crash. Uh, they settled this lawsuit amid allegations of misconduct. So there was a chain reaction crash involving more than a half dozen cars. There were fatal injuries, and there was uh, some allegations of faked documents and now State Farm has settled the matter for $10 million. So this is um, one accident, you know, many vehicles, fatal. Um, so there were fatalities. I mean, people died in this. And um, the allegations are that uh, State Farm came up with some documents uh, that they faked to, you know, evade uh, their contractual responsibilities. Um, they've now settled the matter. Um, I'm fairly certain that they haven't, um, you know, admitted any, uh, you know, impropriety uh, as part of that settlement. Um, but as uh, State Farm um, court filings say, you know, they requested mediation, agreed to pay attorney fees submitted by the policyholder, and agreed to pay the estate $10 million in exchange for a full release of the claims against State Farm. Rather interesting, right? I mean, $10 million is a big amount of money for one event. So, Clearly, there's more here than what's going on. You know, there are some allegations that State Farm created a false policy declaration page for its motorists 31 days after the collision. I mean, my God. Uh, 31 days after you created a false declaration page? Um, come on, this is crazy. You know, this kind of stuff should not be tolerated with. Uh, the $10 million should certainly put State Farm on notice that um, this isn't okay and that you need to closely monitor and supervise the people who uh, are in charge of this process because um, falsifying documents is is not okay. And that's not a way that, um, you know, any insured should be treated. So State Farm has... Uh, settled the matter uh, for $10 million. So I say all this, and I, I'm telling you this because we cannot allow big companies to be casual with the truth. These companies are making a ton of money. Their executives are making a tremendous amount of money. And their policyholders are paying a lot of money for benefits of the policy contract. There should not be a situation, and my guess is that, that regulators may get involved in that case sooner than later, but we need to take a look at that, um, and we need to, to not allow that to happen. Let's tell big business that it's not okay for these things to happen. But again, and this is what I'll tie and end this with, this is why it's beneficial to have an independent insurance agent, an agent of 
the customer, not an agent of the insurance company, not an agent that just works for one company. You want somebody who's representing your interests as the policyholder because, frankly, if there are some insurance companies that eventually do things a, a little sketchy, like you know some of the allegations against State Farm and Allstate in the articles I talked about, um, perhaps an independent agency um, had those companies been you know represented by independent insurance agents. Perhaps um, the agent would say to the client, you know. We're hearing some interesting things about State Farm that just don't make me comfortable right now. And, you know, this policy may be a few bucks more a month, but if something happens, you want to be protected. And that's what my job is here. So remember, every insurance policy is not created equal. Every insurance company is not the same. And I think we've illustrated that. So, um, you know, I'm always open to questions, concerns you might have. Email me anytime. We'll put links to the articles talked about in this episode uh, in the podcast description, and uh, as well as my email, peter at encoreinsurance.com. And uh, please do reach out to me with any questions. I'm always here for you guys. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, until next time.